You ready for this one now? Because we're going to be talking about your words. This will make you feel better. We're going to talk about our words. How's that? Is that better? See, a lot of you don't think that I look at your facial expressions. I look the entire service. The only people I can't see are the first four, four rows, unless I purposely look down at you. But everybody else I can see, and you actually change and alter the message. I don't just stick with it. It's, it, it's just like the podcast. I give them 50 slides. I do 10, 12, 15 slides, and the rest of it's just off the top of my head. So I watch your facial expressions. If I don't like your reactions, I actually preach it harder. <laughs> See, there's no escape. I mean, you can embarrass yourself and walk out. Looks like a lot of people chose not to come to church today, but that's fine. I know, you're preaching to the choir, you're here. I agree. I wish people would notify me about national, national church skip days. As you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll take a day off. No, I never would take a day off. But So we're talking about our words today. Talking about our words. Psalm 1914. Let the words of my mouth. Psalm 1914. Sometimes I talk too fast. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Now that is the goal. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, my Lord, my, oh, oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. But the problem is, here comes James 3.10. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. Now, who is this written to? James is writing to the church in Jerusalem. This is not written to the world. That's what, what, that's what all Christians say. That is their deflection. Well, that's really not written to us. How is it not written to you? It was a letter to the church in Jerusalem. It's written to us. So it was not written to the, to the mall in Jerusalem to the commerce center of Jerusalem, to the government in Jerusalem. This was written to the church. Out of the same mouth, Christians, proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. So out of the same mouths of Christians comes blessing and cursing. That doesn't mean just cussing, by the way. Well, I don't cuss, so I'm exempt. No, it says cursing. Out of the same mouth. James 3.8, a few verses before. But no man can tame the tongue. Now please pay attention to what the Bible says, not what Christians say it says. Read the Bible yourself. Don't buy endless books about a man or a woman's interpretation of the Bible. The word of God is Jesus, therefore it belongs to the Christian. You can interpret it yourself. It's just a lot of people get very confused out of John chapter 10, verse 28. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone take them out of my hand. So they say that's eternal security. No, it's no man can take you out. That's the earliest interpretation. No man can take you out of my hand. No man can. 
Look what it says here. But no man can tame the tongue. No member of mankind can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. No man can tame it. But, John chapter 15, verse 5. For those of you who have loved to live on James chapter 3, verse 8, your whole life saying, well, you know what, yeah, I still, I'm 15, 16, or 20 years into Christianity, and I'm still dropping F-bombs. No man can tame the tongue. I'm going to ruin your whole life today. Ruin it. Now's your chance. There's a couple people moving around. Maybe you can follow them out and act like you're helping them. Because I'm going to ruin your whole life today. For the Christian cussers, the Christian reality bringers. Oh, I know Pastor Tom says that everybody's supposed to be healthy and wealthy, but you know what the reality is? I'm gonna ruin your whole life today. It's gonna be burnt to the ground today. Be ready. No man, that's correct. No man can tame the tongue. Holy Ghost is not a man. John 15, 5, I am the vine, ye are the branches, he that abideth in me, and I in him, the same, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me, you can do nothing. So right, we can't tame our tongue. Without him, we can do nothing. I can't stop throwing temper tantrums. I can't stop being negative. I can't stop being bitter. I can't stop sinning. I can't stop doing anything without him. Without him, I can do nothing. So it's correct. I can't tame my own tongue. I can't do it, but he can. Mark 10, 27. And Jesus looking upon them saith, with men it is impossible, for with God all things are possible. Now let me tell you this. Just so you know, this is just some previews, and then I'm going to give you some, some examples. You create your own life with your words. You actually have, look at me now, the power of creation with your mouth. You were created in his image. We're gonna go deep into that in just a second. But I just wanna tell you that. Whatever it is that you have or don't have is because of what you've said. I wanna be rich. Okay, well, get rich. I hate lack, I hate sickness, I hate disease. Well, stop doing those things. You, you spoke it into existence. That's the order that God has put in place. Whatever you speak, you get, just like him. Just like him, whatever you speak, you get. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I can't change, but I am the temple of the Holy Ghost and the spirit that lives on the inside of me can change all things. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you, Romans 8, 11. So he'll change things if you let him, unless you want to be Lord. A lot of people should have prayed a different salvation prayer. Jesus, I receive you as Savior, and I receive myself as Lord. <laughs> because who really runs the show is you. Just be honest with yourself. You really want, you know, if something makes you uncomfortable, you won't do it, even if the Bible tells you to. Yeah. Why do you refuse to speak in tongues because that's not how you're raised? That's not the Bible. So you're Lord. You're Lord. 
For me, Lord, you want me to speak in tongues? You want me to laugh? You want me to cry? You want me on the ground? That's just perfectly fine. Whatever you want, Lord, you're Lord. I'm not Lord. I didn't receive you just as Savior. I received you as Lord of my life. He's Lord. If you'll get out of the way, he'll work in you and through you. But you're going to have to drop things. You may have to no longer be moody. You may no longer, you may no longer be able to operate by your feelings. Whatever I, whatever I feel today is how this day is going to go. It's just gas. That's all that it is, a biochemical reaction. It's no different than a burp or the other thing. That's all your feelings are. Doesn't, a feeling telling you that something's right or wrong doesn't mean anything. There's people in this room right now, you are stone cold. I see your face. I look, you don't think I look. I look everywhere. And I read the crowd. And I feel sorry for you that are turned off. You're shut off. You shut off. I spot you too in the church, just so you know. I know you, the retractors of what I call you. Call you. You've been offended, so you retract. You, maybe you're hoping for attention. If you retract, I'll, I'll purposely ignore you. Because you're an immature 12-year-old girl. You should be attending a middle school. You're ruled by your feelings. You got offended. Someone wouldn't let you do what you wanted to do. Wouldn't let you say what you wanted to say. Whatever it is. And so you retract. Because your feelings run the show. Just because you were told not to do something doesn't mean the person telling you not to do it was wrong. Just because your feelings tell you that. Burp. Fart. It's all that it is. The Holy Ghost will tell you what's right or wrong. Listen, he operates out of John chapter 16, verse 7 and 8. He operates out of conviction. How, how good do you think conviction feels? Boy, that just feels good to be convicted. Conviction, conviction means basically you've been found guilty of something. Conviction is not a fun way to operate. So that would be antithetical to operating by your feelings. If it feels bad, I don't do it. If it feels bad, then the person making me feel bad must be wrong. That's how everybody ended up being closed for a year, year and a half, two years. And Aaron, I think, sent me a video yesterday to fire me up. He did send me the video yesterday. I don't know what his motives are. Only God knows the heart. But he sent me video of people in Lowe's. Cashiers masked, both customers masked. You think it's going away? It's because their feelings tell them, look at me. I get to be a firefighter or a police officer for the first time in my life and go out and save lives. <laughs> look at me. I walk through Lowe's and I'm saving people's lives by sucking in my, my ex, what I'm supposed to be exhaling. Oh, the fungus, oh, the viruses. Oh, I'm saving lives. Am I killing myself? But I'm saving lives. That's somebody operating by their feelings. That's just their feelings. It's not, root, it's not rooted in fact. You really know people are wrong when they've been proven wrong by whether it's statistical data or video evidence and they still stick with it. 
because their feelings, even though they, you could show somebody robbing a bank and they're convinced I didn't rob it. I'm showing you a video of it. This happened to me in law enforcement. I'm showing you, is that you on the video? Shoplifting? Is that you? Well, no, that's, what? You, you, so you, what, why were you jamming your pants full of items? Oh, I wasn't shoplifting. What are you doing then? That's just their feelings. Don't be like that. Operate with what is actually true. Drop it. This, is a, this has a lot to do with your words. How are your words generated? How are they generated? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? All right, well, I'm going to get to this in detail in just a minute, hopefully. So how, the, so how do you change your heart? By changing your actions. You change your actions, change your heart, changes your words. That's how it works. In case I don't get to these things, I like to give you at least a sample. So it can be done. You can change your words. How imperative is it that you change your words? Is it important? Yes. And Bill just said it, life and death. Most of you know that verse, Proverbs 18, 21. We'll get to it. But how imperative is it? How important is it? If you are either creating or not creating, if you're creating what you don't want or not creating what you do want through your words, how important is it? Let me bring it to another level. Matthew chapter 12, verse 37. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. If you're a turd, how do you, let me, let me address this. How do you know if you're a turd? How do you know? You obviously don't know because you keep acting like one. How do you know? I'm gonna just, I'm gonna explain something to everybody. If every, now, if you bring a turd into the room. Aaron, make sure they don't lose this, okay? Keep this in your mind. I remember I went to a funeral. I wasn't speaking at it. It's funny how people who come to this church, they'll have something and they don't ask me to speak. Seriously. People, get, people want to get married, don't want my premarital counseling. They just want me to marry them. They want me to come to the funeral but not speak at it. They're afraid. You, a lot of you are afraid to invite your friends because of me. You just need to invite them and expose them. We need, to, we need to fill these empty purple seats in here. We need to fill them up. Or notify me on National Church Skip Days so I'm aware. So I'm at this funeral and I'm sitting there in the back and I'm like, man, it stinks in here. I've been to this funeral home a bunch of times. It was, it's a staple in Inglewood. I've been there a bunch of times. And I'm like, man, it stinks in here. What is that smell? Pew, pew. And it kind of go away. A couple minutes later, man, it stinks in here. Whole time, like an hour and a half. So I get up, I'm noticing that it's following me. stinks in here. Something smells. I go up to give my condolences to the family and I walk out and I'm like, man, it still stinks outside. 
stinks in my car. So finally, the brilliant man that I am, I pulled my right shoe up at a big giant glob of dog poop on my, that I was tracking all over the funeral home. Didn't know. Now, if you notice, whenever you come into a situation, people flee. You know, we've had a lot of people tell us they just would prefer not to work with you. It's not them. It's you. Got quiet right there. Because I'm telling you, this resonates with a lot of you in this room. Because you think you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And that's what's causing people to run from you. It's not. It's not. You're a jerk with your words. Nobody asks you your opinion. Don't give it. You're like, Tom, that doesn't sound like you. You're somebody who gives your opinion all the time. No, I don't. Ask my friends. You can get to them before I do. Friends are in the room. There's Travis. There's Aaron. There's Hope. You can ask my mom, my slash mother-in-law right here. I don't give opinions unless they're solicited. I'm not going to go up to you and say, well, what were you thinking with that shirt? <laughs> Have you noticed that you've uh, put on a few? If you've spent your life like I have, losing the same 40 pounds 40 times, it's just like a procrastinator, which I'm also that. Procrastinators know the time all the time. I can almost always tell you the time. Fat people can always notice weight, and weight loss and weight gain. I've noticed you've lost some. I've noticed you've put on some. The only time I say a word is when I've noticed they've lost some. People aren't asking for your opinion. Stop giving it. They're not asking. Why are you giving it? You're the turd. (laughs) What is that smell? You're moving from one group to the next, and they all act the same way towards you. It's not them. It's you. You're acting like Tom. You've always been perfect, and you've always said, no, I've been the turd. I've been the fat. I've been the procrastinator. I get it. I'm a reformed turd. (laughs) Stop lying to yourself. (laughs) Look at the bottom of your shoe. It rhymes with you. You think, and I know uh, there's, the turds in this room are never coming back. <laughs> I know, you'll go to the church that's going to placate you. As long as they can take you, and notice you always are migrating. Always migrating. One Bible study to the next. One, one church to the next. You're always migrating. Because you wear out your welcome. I'm the one that's helping you right now. Because you're not going to gain anything. You're not going to accomplish anything until your roots are sunk in deep. It's time for you to submit yourself, apologize, and let your words be few. You're welcome. 
Well, let's start with creation. How, how do we change our words? Well, we need to understand who we are. Let's start with creation. In two, sense, in two senses, God created and the power of creation. Those two senses, God created and the power of creation. Genesis 2, 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. God created us, put his mouth on our nostrils and breathed into us life and we became a living soul. Genesis 1:26. Then God said, let us make man in our, our is capitalized, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, it's just like you, spirit, soul, and body. You're a trinity too. Everything burns but your spirit. Everything. It goes. Unless the rapture happens, everything burns but your spirit. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. We're in his image. We are in his likeness. God creates, therefore, we create. Let them have dominion. God creates, God has dominion, so we create and we have dominion. We don't, we don't as the church of Jesus, submit ourselves to the antichrist spirit, to the spirit of this world. We dictate it, we dictate to it. Oh, how can I be a community partner and a good neighbor? Oh, just bend over, grab your ankles and spread them. Every knee shall bow before our God. We should not be bowing before their God. Just like the fools with their masks, you have the fools driving around their Priuses and their electric cars. Look at me, save the world. Look at me, save the world. What charged your lithium ion batteries are the carbon fuels you're allegedly saving us all from. You talk about asinine idiocy. By the time you mine the minerals for that lithium ion battery, they have to mine 500,000 pounds of dirt for one battery that's this big. That's not burning fossil fuels? You think those dump trucks and bulldozers are electric? <laughs> I didn't get to it on the podcast last night because this is the next thing, by the way. Oh, uh, you know, we're gonna have to lock down the churches because there's so much CO2 in the air today. Oh, can't, can't, you, can't you breathe it? Can't you feel it? No. 0.04% of the atmosphere. 0.04% of the atmosphere is carbon, is CO2. Of that 0.04%, mankind, mankind contributes 3% to it. And there's a carbon problem. You realize the idiocy this is going on right now, if I believe funded by the federal government. They're putting out these giant air suckers. I'm not kidding you. These, I, I call them air suckers. There's a more sophisticated term. I'm never gonna use it, air sucker. It's like everybody changed the name of Kiev to Kiev. 
so I refused to say it. <laughs> so they put out these giant air sucker farms. They're bigger than this room. And what do they do? They suck CO2 out of the air and send it into the earth. It's the truth. Pull it up. I have the video. Watch it on this podcast. It's come for me. It comes from the World Economic Forum. It's their own video. They're very proud of it. What do these air suckers run on? Oh, fossil fuels. <laughs> it's just like you see the goobers driving around and they're electric, their Teslas or their Priuses with a generator in the back. That's the spirit of the world, pure asinine idiocy. It's not complicated. Oh, I'm going to stop a viral infection by wearing a mask. It's idiocy. I'm going to stop an ever mutating virus with a vaccine. Idiocy. By the time they vax you, right now it's like BA24286, the latest Omicron variant. By the time they already know what it is and the vaccinations now come out this month or next, it's already gone. It mutates, you dummy. Part of being a Christian is not being an asinine idiot. It's not hard to tell. It's as as identifiable as the poop on the bottom of my shoe at the funeral. (laughs) Then God said, let us make man in our image. See, Christians should be creating this world, not abiding by the spirit of the world. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over the earth, over all the earth. And you bow to the dictates of worldly people? Kiev? <laughs> over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps in the earth. Genesis 1:27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created a male and female. He created them. You were both named Adam. Male and female were both named Adam. And then Adam named Eve. So you don't have to worry about inferiority complexes. It's mankind. There's not a soul in this room who's not Adam. You just got a different name. Thank goodness, because we will identify male and female in this church. And there is no third option. How important is mankind? How important are we? See, a lot of you don't think very highly. You struggle in ways I don't. You don't think highly of yourself. I love me. You can only love your neighbor like you love yourself. So you loathe yourself, you're gonna loathe your neighbor. For me, it's very easy to be friendly to people because I'm in love with me. I love me. <laughs> Even the worst of me, I love me. I never have ever desired to be anybody but me. You can talk to any of my friends, never. I'm like, man, I wish I was like, no, I don't wish I looked like anybody else. I don't wish I act like anybody else. 
I don't, I don't look at professional athletes going, man, I wish I could. No, I don't wish any of it. I, lo I love it. I love the whole ride. <laughs> Stop struggling. Oh, man, I'm just going through so many struggles. First of all, they're not from God, so stop telling yourself that so that you feel like you have badges of honor. You actually use it to glorify yourself. You know, I've had just many struggles, uh, woes and fears, you never accomplish anything, nobody ever gets saved around you, but everybody knows how pathetic you are. What, what good is that? Whenever I've had struggles in my life, they're kept private. Absolutely, I don't let anybody know. They're kept private. My wife knows and that's it. And they're kept to myself when I struggle. I keep it to myself. Genesis 9, 6, how important are we? Whoever sheds man's blood, hmm, 41.2 million abortions per year according to UN statistics, that's without New York or California reporting, and that's UN statistics, so you can go ahead and double it right off the bat. Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. For in the, why? What's the justification behind this? For in the image of God he made man. That's how important you are. You may feel insignificant because you're one of a million cars driving around, but not to the God, not to the God whose eye is on the sparrow. You're not insignificant. God knows every hair on your head. Matthew chapter 10, verse 30. It's numbered. There's 647, 648, 789. God's, that's, by the way, that's literal. It's true. He knows every bird that falls to the ground. Every hair on your head is numbered. That's how important you are. And if... If you, you can go into 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 16 and 17. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him for God's temple is sacred and you are that temple. You don't think you're important? Well, I failed most of my life. I've been a nominal Christian. Well, stop being nominal. Right now, look at me. Ready? Here's, I'm gonna deliver you from struggling. Stop. Stop it. Very th first thing this morning, dog story. I open up my door. And with Addy, my dog, he's, he's, you know, busting at the seams at this time, like it's time to go. So I open up the door. Malamov's run about 40 miles an hour, and he's a big one. He's 80 pounds, bristling with muscle. And when he's real excited, he like floats in the air. He barely even touches the ground. He just floats. That's how athletic they are. He just takes off, and it's my daggum neighbor's cat. And I'm like, no, 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 stop. Is it I'm like, why don't you run away, you dumb cat? There's a daggum tree. Climb up the tree. Addy can climb up trees. About 10 feet, he'll run up a tree. But once he get up, he can't, he doesn't have claws to get, run up the tree. What does the cat do? 60 yards away, the cat freezes and pushes itself up against its front door. If he gets the cat, cat's dead. I gotta save the cat. So all I did was yell out, stop, stop. I'm telling you that right now. 
and he's been trained now for two years, he stopped. That's you. I'm telling you, not that I'm calling you a dog. I'm telling you as your friend, as your brother, as your pastor, whatever you call me, stop. Stop struggling. You're struggling because of your words. What you say. It ruins your relationships. It ruins your friendships. It ruins your health. It ruins your prosperity. Or it builds all those things. It gives you your health. It gives you your prosperity. It gives you relationships. It gives you riches. It gives you opportunities. It depends on what you're speaking. Everybody does quote Proverbs 18, 21. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Okay. Everyone always quotes that as being negative. No. If you love the power of the tongue, it has life in it too. Those who love it will eat its fruit. Well, if you speak life, you eat the fruit of life. How did God create? How did he create? Remember, we're looking at two things now. God created and the power of creation. There, if you're in his image, you are in his image, in his likeness. You yourself are a trinity. You're not the trinity. You are a trinity. Spirit, soul, and body. That's who you are. You're created in his image. Let me ask you this real quick. Anybody ever been brought to tears by somebody's words? Okay, tell me how they have no power. Tell me how they don't create. And you know why you were brought to tears? Because you empowered those words. Your words have power, and other people's words have power in you or over you if you allow them. You need to learn to be like me. I don't give a crap what you say. People come, go all the time. Oh, well. Well, I think this, and you know, I have some questions. I don't care what your questions are. I don't care what your opinions are. The Bible's the Bible. That's what you're going to get preached here. Well, I don't, I, don't really, I don't really agree with this, and I don't really, okay. Bring me your Bible verses. You know, nobody's ever done that one time. People have come to confront me about how wrong I am. And I, listen, you may you think this is arrogant or haughty. Again, you need to get to my friends. I can't get to them before you do. Seriously, get to my friends. They're sitting here in this room. There's many of them. Get to Jeff, Jeff and Vanessa right here. There's Dave Bradshaw. Rave at them, Dave. You can ask Dave. Get to them before I do. Ask them. How arrogant is he? Is he, is he a know-it-all? No, not at all. But nobody ever comes to me to prove me wrong with Bible verses. It's always their feelings. Or their personal experiences. <laughs> like, what are your Bible verses? I could keep on with that. I'm not going to do it. How did God create? Most of you already yelled it out, and you know it, with his words. Then God said, let there be light. You can do the same thing. It's that little button right here, guys. <laughs> Flap, open that thing and put that bad boy on mute. <laughs> then God said, 
Let there be firmament, 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 it's hard for me to say that word, double M, firmament, in the midst of the water, and there was. Then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together. Then God said, you do anything else? You're created in his image. Then God's, and here, let me just cross this bridge in case I don't get to it. Well, I'm just gonna use words and, 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 not, and not use any actions, and not put any actions into place. Well, first of all, your actions change your heart. Proverbs chapter 16, verse three. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Your actions change your heart, and your heart brings forth your words, Matthew 12, 34, right? If you don't put actions in place, then you'll never speak the right words anyway to change your life. You won't know. Delight yourself also in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. You can't delight yourself in the Lord. You won't have the right words. You'll be Ecclesiastes 5.3. A dream comes through much activity and a fool's voice is known by as many words. You're one of those Christians that constantly confesses but never does. You have to put things into place. Prayer, Bible study, worship, fellowship every day. Are you, look at me, you're going nowhere. You won't know what to say. You're welcome. Oh, you, you never pray. Look at me now, you don't, you don't pray. Except for, Lord, I just thank you for this Big Mac and bless it to the nourishment of my body. I never go a day without prayer, ever. This church is covered by endless prayer. I'm always, you're here because I pray for you to be here. A lot of you are bothered. You didn't want to come today. My prayers, my prayers were the goad, kicking against the pricks. My, prayer were the, my prayers were the pricks, like a sand spur in Florida. It's hard for you to kick against the goads, Acts chapter nine, verse five. Got up, well, you know, it's a good, it's a good day. You know, NFL Sunday starts at 12, and it's a night, you know what? I'm gonna go out and get on the boat. I'm gonna worship God in nature. <laughs> <laughs> then God said, let the earth bring forth grass. Just said it. There's the grass. Hello, grass. <laughs> then God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. Then God's, oh, this is all Genesis chapter one, by the way. 14, 15, 20, 24, three, six, nine, and 11, so far. Then God said, let the waters abound with an abundance of creatures, and then there was. God said it. God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind. Seed. Here comes the seed system. And just another, just another preview, your words are seed. Whatever you plant into the ground, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, and I'll just, I'll just put it into this vernacular, for whatever a man says, that shall he also reap. Amen. Trying to get to my examples. 1134, I'll make it. And then verse 26 was, then he created us. Anybody else created in his image? Go ahead and check it. When you get home today, Genesis chapter one, I just read you all those verses, 20, uh, 24, 20, 15, 14, 11, nine, six, and three. Go ahead and check it. Anything else created in his image? Go ahead, only us. That's why nobody else can create but us. 
You're not going to hear a cow moo its way out of the farm. <laughs> mm. You and I can. You want to be free? Speak it into existence. It all can be summed up with Psalm 33, 6. For by the word of the Lord, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He created the angels, and he created the world with words. And so can you. So can you. You were created in his image. Your words create. Your words create your world. What do you want? Oh, there's one of those name it and claim it preachers. Okay, well, that's the Bible. If name and claim it is the Bible, then it's the Bible. Health and wealth, that's the Bible. Took up your infirmities and carry your diseases. There's health. Became poor so that you can become rich. There's, there's wealth. 2 Corinthians 8 9. Matthew 8 17. Sorry. You don't like health and wealth? That's only because you don't want to be held accountable to health and wealth. You'd rather be sick and poor. Because then you can be like, well, there's nothing I can do. I'm just a twig on the river of life. <laughs> nothing I can do. You want mental stability? Start speaking it. Amen. I am wise. I am stable. I have a sound mind. And I didn't say think it. I said say it. People will think that I'm crazy. They already do anyway. Just be like me and just hop off the cliff. Who cares? I don't just hop off the cliff. I swanee off that bad boy. You all know it. Proverbs 18, 21. Tongue has the power of life and death. Has the power of life and death. Back to James 3.10. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. You tell me words don't create. Mouth creates blessing, cursing, life, and death. And that's not just about feelings. You can talk your way into cancer. You can talk your way into heart disease. Well, that's my family heritage. That's my lineage. I wrote a list. As always. You can talk your way into being old. How? Call yourself old. You'll see this over time. Look at all the preachers, and I'm talking about some of the greatest preachers that have ever lived, that I admire, that I listen to. Died in their 80s. Why? Hope, see if you can find that verse for me. The verse in Psalms, where it's the four score and whatever, and then bark it out to me. Oh gosh, he called his wife a dog. No, I didn't. That's just how I communicate. So I'll say it again, just in case you're offended. Bark it out to me. Bark it out, help meet. There you go. I just like to make sure if you're going to be offended and call me a male chauvinist pig, then you know what, let me just drive it home for you. I never try to say, listen, if I ever said something stupid, I'll apologize for it. 
But I will never apologize to somebody else's demand. What is it? Read it. All right, there you go. Three score, maybe four score. So you're tying 70 or 80 years. Old covenant. Listen, if you don't have the old, you don't have the new. But we are not, who are we the children of? Abraham. So you don't abide by that. Yet is Genesis 6, 3. My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. And all these preachers, their entire career, preached out of that. And they call us, I've heard them, they call themselves old. Jesse Duplantis, outside of me, is the only one who preaches this. I'm telling you, listen to him. It's the only one. You're like, Tom, you're elevating. I'm not, listen, I'm not elevating myself. It's true. If I say that I'm the only one preaching, I'm the only one preaching it. You don't belong to the, that's why that's the old thing with tithing. Well, tithing's old covenant. And Genesis 14, 18 through 20. The Abrahamic covenant under the priesthood of Melchizedek. Jesus was of the order of? What are you doing not tithing? Listen, if you don't tithe, just be honest about it and say, I'm just a cheap. Oh, no, I'm frugal. Just be honest with yourself and say, I don't want to tithe. I can live with that. I'd rather you call me a dirty bleeper and bleep whatever to my face. I'd rather you just tell the truth. I'm too cheap to tithe. I don't trust God. I'm not going to do it. Instead of every single paycheck you get, every dime I get, there's not even a thought, 10% to God. I don't care what it was. If you handed me $40 million right now, $4 million goes to God right now, and probably $10 million because my wife will be writing the check. <laughs> she gives more than I do, and I give a lot. You're probably the person. I went, out to, I went out to lunch with a supervisor of mine at the sheriff's office, and I can't use his name because there's people from the sheriff's office in here. And I went out to lunch with him, this was a captain. So at that time, a captain's making about $120,000 a year. And we're at like, you know, one of those like uh, outback sort of places. I can't remember the name of it, but Ale House, Ale House. So we were at the Ale House and, you know, getting burgers or whatever for lunch. He gets up. Now, this is, at the time, I'm making about 50000 So he's making double what I'm making plus twenty. And I see him get ready to get, you know, to pay the tip. We all had separate checks. And he's got change in his hand. He's moving pennies around. And I'm sitting there going, oh, my Lord. <laughs> and by the way, we got half off. So our, my meal that cost me 20 bucks cost me 10. And he's sitting there rounding off his tip with nickels and dimes. That's a heart problem. You're a stingy Scrooge. And by the way, if you don't tithe, that's you. You might as well go join the Democratic Party because you're living under my welfare right now. Everything in this room. Hey, Bill, 
Normal construction costs, not you discounting me like you always do. Normal construction costs, all the work that you guys did in here. Is Tom in here? And all, all you guys did, how much did that cost? How much would that cost? 20,000? So $20,000 worth of work was done in here. 20 grand. Your tithe paid for that. That was the hurricane damage. We had to wait for the, the ceiling, to, the roof to be sealed so water can, wouldn't keep pouring here until we fixed all that damage. Once I noticed there's no more water coming in, we had Bill fix all the damage. So Bill and Travis and everybody and Tom fixed all the damage. $20,000. What, what do you think I do? Go home and just manifest it? I, I need $20,000. Let me just pull it out of my armpits. Creating a new, I'm creating a new YouTube dance. Let's see, it's all free? This isn't welfare. Pay your tithe. I'm going way off script as usual. And stop being a bargain hunter. Well, I'm just waiting for it to go on sale. You're speaking lack into your life. You realize that? You don't buy anything until you have a coupon or until it goes on sale or just wait until it goes. I don't wait for anything. Why did I go buy it? Stop speaking absolute lack and poverty into your life. I'm not talking about being fiscally irresponsible. If you don't have it, don't spend it. But if you want to have it, start tithing. And it'll open the windows of heaven for you and pour out for you such a blessing that there won't be room enough to contain it. That action changes your heart, which will then change your words. And by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. And there's life and death in that tongue. So you might want to change the actions to change the heart that changes the words that has life and death in them. Some of you say, I'm sick. Well, welcome to sickness for the rest of your life. I never say that, even when I've been sick. Well, that's just denial. I don't care what you call it. See, it's not denial. There's a truth in the greater truth. Let God be true and every man a liar, Romans 3, 4. So if I'm sick, that, that is not, that does not uh, abide by the covenant. So it's wrong, God's, that's a lie and God's word is true. So I will truth that thing into non-existence. A lot of you get sick for a week, a month, a couple months, you get, you're coughing for months at a time. Not me, I'm on it now. I feel that little, I feel a little uh, scratchiness in the back of my throat. I'm addressing it with the Holy Ghost. Lord, you know, I feel, uh, people think I'm crazy because I do this when I'm walking. I'm out there all alone in the woods while I'm alone with the dog. I'm out there walking around. Lord, you know that little scratchiness right there? You know that little scratchiness? I know you know. That's how I talk to God. Lord, I receive it being healed right now in Jesus' name. Gone. It's gone. It's gone. And a lot of you want to raise the dead and you want to melt tumors. You better start with your own scratchy throat. You want, to, you want to raise the dead and you call yourself sick. Bad luck follows me. Welcome to it for the rest of your life. You say things like, well, of course that has to happen. You just spoke it into existence. You're created in the image of God. You are a trinity. 
You have creative powers in your mouth, just like God said, you know what, let there be lights in the firmament. Of course, you just put them there. Well, of course, of course that happens. Always happens to me. You'll never hear me talk like that. I don't talk like that, ever. Family genetics. You know, my, you know, we got schizophrenia running in the family. Schizophrenia is a demon. You want demons running around in your family? Well, demons are, well, that's just part of our genetic makeup here in, here in the, the Smith household. We just let demons run wild. Well, that's what you just said. Well, let's just discuss, I know what that Pastor Tom says. Health and wealth and victory every time. It's just the Bible, but we never let the Bible get in the way of what we believe. <laughs> I know that, and there's, there's, little, there's people that do that around this church. They'll go and try to subvert the word of God. It's in every church. You see them, tell them to shut up. Tell them to shut their demonic mouth in Jesus' name. <laughs> tell them. But let's just talk about reality. Listen, you've been, you, you have, you have been diagnosed with stage four cancer. That's just reality. Don't, you know what? You're gonna need to deal with it. You're gonna need to make arrangements and all that. Okay, that's what happened to my dad. I'm convinced. I don't know it for sure, but I'm convinced. When he was under my care and my wife's care, my dad who has stage four lung cancer, he never stopped smoking. Great dad, but would not stop smoking. He had stage four lung cancer. And my wife and I prayed over him. His ne next PET scan, it was gone. I mean, he had it all over his body. It was gone. Gone. There wasn't, wasn't, wasn't anything in there. But my sister, who's a healthcare professional, and his wife, you know, we're gonna need to just make arrangements. And uh, even when he was cancer-free, because once you're a cancer patient, you're always a cancer patient. That's what they say. All right, well, that's what you're gonna be. You have creative power in your tongue. Even unsaved people do. He spoke it to my dad. He went under their care. He moved to Tennessee. This is always his dream, of course, you know, move to Tennessee. <laughs> Crossville, Tennessee, that's where he went. He moved to Tennessee, he was out of my care. Next thing you know, he had cancer all over his body. Because he's a brand new believer. I led him to the Lord in the kitchen of my house. Brand new, prayed over him, all the cancer is gone. He gets under the devil, he gets under people who are unsaved. I love those two people, by the way, as my mother-in-law and my sister gets underneath them. And all the cancer comes back because it's all about, you know, reality. And you know what? It's going to come back. And when it comes back, we need to have this ready and that ready and all this and that. Now, stick with the lunatic right here, the swan diver. Stick with the swan diver. Just back to the bargains real quick. How many of you speak financial death into your life? Going to be tight this month. I was looking for, is Rocky in here? Rocky, you in here? Yeah. Oh, there he is. I just, Rocky probably, he, he knows I've said this 20 times since he's attended the church, but I remember one time we were both attending a different church at the time. I wasn't pastoring or anything, but he and I were, I don't even remember what we were doing. Somehow we were outside doing some sort of work at the outside of this church, he and I. And he had just lost his job, and he doesn't realize the impact of his words. This, they, they changed my life. I think about it every time that I face a, face a financial problem. And he was back there, he goes, yeah, you know, I lost my job. I've never seen such peace. And he was like, but I know God will take care of it. I'm fine, I'll be fine. He, he, he is a boat mechanic. 
And he would just, what the heck was that noise? Everybody hear that? It went, is that you? Hey, you know what? God bless that guy. He goes like this. I go, what was that? He goes, that's, that's my kind of human being. That's my kind of human being. I love that. I love that. That's awesome. That's pretty cool sounding, like an air raid siren. So I'm talking to Rocky, and I'm like, how can he do that? And ever since then, I've tried to emulate him. I'm like, yeah, he was in complete peace. He knew God. And he would go out every day, even though he didn't have a job, put all of his tools into his truck and just get into his truck because he knew God would provide the work. And they're good. They're good. They've been good. That was a long time ago. That was 20 years ago. And they've been good. What was that? Yeah, they own their own business, own their own house, everything else. They've been just fine because he knew God would take care of them. But a lot of you speak the opposite. It's going to be tight. I don't know what we're going to do. Well, you just spoke. I don't know what's going to happen into your life. So you know what's going to happen? Who knows? You just created it. Stop looking for bargains. Stop being a cheapskate. Look at this. Deuteronomy, I didn't give you guys this one. Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse 18 says what? You've been given the power to create wealth. Why are you cutting coupons? Oh man, I'm a, I, if I drive all the way across town and burn $5 worth of gas to save 17 cents on a gallon of milk, man, I mean, I'm fiscally responsible. Oh no, I, I, Tom, no, I got an EV. So I didn't burn any, no, well, you're gonna pay for it in your electric bill then which all that electricity is created by the fossil fuels you're trying to save us from. Ever ask yourself about why these verses are together? I'm in Colossians chapter one, 13 through 16. Why are these verses together? He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So there, there it is, salvation. The next verse. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. Why are those verses put together? Because you get saved and you have the power to create. Now you even can know what to properly create. You know what to create. The world would create havoc through their words. They do. Anybody ever seen... COVID-19, you ever seen it? How do you even know it exists? They told you it did. Power of words. There's no proof that it exists. No more people died in 2020, 2020 than the year before. There's no proof it exists. You've never seen it under a microscope. You don't know. Those are, that's the power of words. Through Jesus, God created everything you see. There's nothing that you own. You realize man actually creates nothing. It sounds, that sounds antithetical to what I'm telling you, but listen to what I'm telling you. We don't actually create anything. We just work off of God's creation. But we, you and I, can create through the creation. You want stuff? Create it into your life via your words. And listen, you know what? Some of you just need to stop being apologetic about wanting stuff. I want stuff. I like stuff. You do too. If money's evil, why do you work so hard for it? Why do you not just give it all away? If it's so evil, why don't you just give it all away? 
Why do you hoard it? I want stuff. We'll speak it into existence. I have a very specific prayer about the entirety of this property and the property that I want to accumulate around us. Very specific. I call it my Jerry Savelle prayer. God knows about it because I talk to him about it every day. Every day. Do you talk to God like that every day? I talk to him every day. See how quiet it got? You don't. I know some of you do. If, you know what? If you do, and I just said you don't, I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> don't meet me at the door. But you know if it's you. You have a very arm's length relationship with God. That's not the way to live, and that's why you're miserable. As, as arm's length as God is to you is as miserable as you are. I don't keep God at arm's length. I talk to him about everything. And very, very specific prayers. My Jerry Savelle prayer is me calling upon seed for us to accumulate every acre around this property because we're gonna build a monstrous sanctuary. But in order for that to happen, we need to first fill these purple chairs, which aren't gonna be purple for much longer because we're gonna order all new chairs when we get the sanctuary done. We're gonna do all the ceilings coming out. This whole ceiling come out. It'd be brand new, all brand new tiles up there, brand new tiles through here. Everything, all that will be done. We're in the middle of a, where we just started our lawsuit right now against the insurance company. So, because they owe me $3 million and they refused them to give me. But we'll, we got, you know, we'll gut all that out and we can't do it now. We can, we can do it, we pull it off, but I, I, we need to reconstruct before I buy chairs. Because I sat in those chairs <laughs> while Jonathan was here. And Jonathan's services are a minimum of three hours. So I'm sitting in there with 240 pounds pressing down on that thing. And I'm like, man, my butt bones, they hurt. They hurt. They sunk right down. They reached that wood in about 20 minutes. <laughs> so I'm sitting on wood. And again, let me just give everybody advice. I know you hear this all the time. How you do it is work your tries. Push right down and slide over about an inch. You get fresh padding. Do that about every 20 minutes. Fresh padding, scoot your butt cheeks over to the right, over to the left, we move to the left, we move to the right, stand up, sit down, fight, fight, fight. <laughs> so through Jesus, God created, God created with words. Remember, for by him all things were created. Through Jesus, God didn't do it, when, even when you're reading in Genesis. He was speaking that through Jesus, through the word. So Jesus' word. So through Jesus, God created with words. Through Jesus, we create with words. You hear it now? Through Jesus, God created. Now through Jesus, we create. When you, Matthew 16, 19, these are the verses, Matthew 7, 7, and 7, 8, Matthew 21, 21, and 22, when you do these things, when you bind... You are creating through the word. God created the world through the word. Jesus is the word. Now we create through Jesus, through the word. When you bind, you are creating. And some people, you know, we, th we talk about Matthew 16, 19 around this church all the time. It's one of my base verses, along with like Romans chapter 12, do not conform and learn to the pattern of this world, 12 too. So it's one of those base verses, but again, it can be reversed. And I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven, right? Yeah. 
Now here's the thing. That is always talked about in one way or the other. Whatever you bind is bound. But you can bind good things. Because all we talk about is bind, we bind the negative. And that's me too. That's all I ever talk about with it too. I bind, the, I bind sickness. I bind disease. I bind lack. But you can bind good things too with your words. I bind wealth. You know, I'm not going to be one of those prosperity people. Okay, well, you're never going to prosper then. You just spoke it into existence. Congratulations. Why do you work then? You're, listen, every person in this room is wealthy by world standards. Why don't you move then? Listen, right now, the average Venezuelan, they're the ones, a lot of them who are flooding the borders, are Venezuelans, because of the socialist system. You, 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 wanna, you wanna buy something, you gotta stack up money this high. It's the same in Argentina, by the way. They're collapsing too. Along with China. China's collapsing. You, they, you, they live, live in a socialist system. That's the way it is. But if you want, you can bind wealth. Okay, well, if you do, then move to Venezuela. If you hate it so much, because the average citizen in Venezuela drops 20 pounds a year. Because there's no food. They're eating their dogs. They're eating their cats. They're eating their goldfish. You know, the exact same system the Democratic Party's trying to usher into America, that one, and compliant Republicans. That exact same system, hyperinflation, it should sound eerily familiar to you, since the cost of food has gone up 20% in the last two years, 20%, which, would, which normally would cause a revolt, which everyone's just learned to be acclimated to. Eh, you know, it used to be this, but now it's that. Well, you can bind good things too, not just buying negative things. I don't believe in that health and wealth. Okay, well now you'll have the opposite of health and wealth. Is you just bound health and wealth out of your life. You have the ability to do it. Instead of binding what should be bound, which they won't do that either because they don't believe in, in binding sickness, so they loose it. See, never did, it goes the, using these words in the opposite way that they're usually used. They lose sickness by saying they can't bind it. You know, it's, you know we're, we're in this world. We're not of it, but we're in it. Oh, okay. How are you in it but not of it when sickness is of it? When lack is of it? Like a lot of you, are, I've been, listen, I've been poor my whole life, nothing's gonna change. Okay, guess what, guess what you just said? Guess what's gonna happen? What you just said. That's what's gonna happen. I'm telling you. You have the power to create with your words. Whatever you bind is bound. Whatever you lose, what's another word? Ask. Why do most Christians not receive? The seed wasn't planted. They never asked. Yet you have not because you ask not. James 4, 2. Ask and it shall be given you. Well, I tried and it didn't work. Okay, what did you just say? Didn't work. There was Listen, it didn't not work. You just had unbelief in the way. You're buffering. It's like when you're trying to upload a video or download a video and it's sitting there buffering. You're just buffering. It's there. You're buffering. The more you crucify that unbelief through prayer, action, action changes your heart, which changes your words. Your heart and your mind is where unbelief is. So change your actions. Words are actions. You listen, I'm not, am I gonna get to it? All right, preview for next week. 
Oh gosh, it's 12.02. How do I preach so long? Don't worry, I'm mon- for those of you that are new, I'm monitoring the time. I know. It won't be that much longer. But you need to understand something. A lot of you will be thinking, you know what? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So therefore, it's just gonna, my, mouth, my words are just gonna come out. I can't, but words are actions. And I'm telling you to change your heart with your actions. So that sounds contradictory, correct? But it's not really because the innate state of the heart is the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately the wicked, right? That's the innate state of the heart. So right now, if that, and this can be either your whole life or areas of your life. When it comes to prosperity, whether it comes to healing, whether it comes to marriage, you could, have, you could, have, you could be a turd in those areas. Or you can be an overall turd. <laughs> you need to either be speaking to the areas where your heart is hard and the words are coming out that way. You can reverse that through a symbiotic relationship. Don't speak your words to your heart. Take action and speak the word to your heart. Not your words to your heart. I know it sounds contradictory, but when it's in its state that it is, deceitful and wicked above all things, it's in that state, then the abundance, out of the abundance of the heart, that mouth will speak. Those words will come out. Those words will not change the heart, but the living water of the word of God will change the heart. Speak to it. Speak to it. Words have destroyed many marriages. You got women in this room. You want to rule the house. Your words have made it so. If the man doesn't stand up, I don't know why you don't. She's a girl. Here comes the male chauvinist stuff. Listen, men. I'll never get it. Everybody's got their lane. Men are not superior to women. Women are not superior to men. Let me just, don't let me forget where I was at, Aaron, okay? You know what, here's something. This, I know it's 12.04, I need to shut up. But here's the thing. Who wants me to keep going? You want me to keep going? Okay. I'm looking at other faces like, shut up, y'all. It's like, the, it's like that one person at the meeting that always asks a question. Anybody have any questions? Everyone's like, no questions. It's lunchtime. It's lunchtime. Remember that at the sheriff's office? Where are my sheriff's office people? I saw you guys somewhere. You're at, you're at training. Anybody have any questions? I'm like, shut up. We're all going to Sonny's. Don't ask any stupid questions. But you know what drives me nuts right now? And I don't mean this in a weird way. The thing is, I, I love women. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I, love, I love women as women. You know, now you got this commercial out where they're talking about women pooping. Can't we all just say it out loud that women poop? No, we can't say it out loud. I don't want to think of a woman that way. All right? I like thinking of women the way that I like thinking of women. They're pretty. They're poopless. That's it. Just leave it. (laughs) Leave it be. I like thinking of them as beautiful and statuesque. I'm not lusting after every woman I see. I'm I'm not lusting after any woman except my wife. I'm just telling you, listen, there's a lot of times I actually get along better with women. I do. 
I actually prefer to hire women. I do. The only reason why I hired Aaron is Aaron's a lot like a woman. <laughs> he is. He is. He's just like me. We're both the same. We're both a lot like women. We're very, we're emotional. Very, you know, centered, critical, mouthy. Both of us are. Very specific, very detail-oriented. That's how Aaron and I are. Things don't go the way we, we want them to go. We're not happy, and we're not happy for a while. I have people that are passionate like that, passionate. But everybody has their lane. This is what I was going to tell you. We're good, Aaron. Women have their lane. Women can do things men can't do. Men can do things women can't do. That's the way it is. That's the way it is. You can try to change it all you want. It ain't going to happen. I am never, and you can just picture this however you want, I am never going to push out a baby out of my loins. (laughs) Out of any orifice. Mouth, nostril, bleep, bleep. Mouth, nostril, ear, and then bleep, bleep, right? That's it. Where are my medical professionals in here? Five orifices? Is that correct? I got it? Okay. That's all anybody's going to remember is five orifices. That's all you're going to remember out of this entire message. Oh, that's right. Eyes. Six orifices. Yeah. Thank you, Janelle. Six orifices. There we go. So everybody listen. (laughs) Women have what they're supposed to do. Men have what they're supposed to do. Stop trying to transform each other. Stop it. I I hear women all the time. I want my man to be the priest of his home. Well, speak it. Stop kowtowing the man. If you've got him intimidated, have a discussion with him. Listen, honey. Stop laughing, Heather. If you have your husband intimidated, first of all, guys, she's a girl, okay? Beautiful, statuesque, worthy of lust, whatever. She's not to be feared. Husband shouldn't be feared either, but I'm just telling you, why are you afraid? You should see the looks that I'm seeing right now. I can tell, I can tell the families that struggle with this. Right now, I can tell. I'm looking at you. You need to have a discussion with your husband and say, listen, I'm sorry that you're scared of me. What do we need to do for for this to change? Stop screaming. Listen, stop yelling. Stop withholding. You know what? (laughs) Yeah, men and women are different. Sorry.
Knock it off. Just, just flat out stop right now. That's what you do. And men, whatever, if, if, it, if, if whatever deficit there is on your side, go have the discussion. You know, here's an interesting thing. Here's the interesting. No, my wife won't like this, but here's the thing. Do you realize that we, Hope and I, I think we'll be married 27 years this year, 27, 28, something like that this year. I never, ever knew when her time of the month was. I never knew. Um, by the way, that's exactly how it should be in your home. Never knew. Because it wasn't broadcast to the world. Oh, man. It's that time, and the ominous music comes on. Here comes, here comes three days of hell in Satan's name. I didn't, I didn't even know, I didn't even know when she went through menopause. I had no idea. That's a woman. That's what you do. That's what you do. Your wife should know when you're going through some sort of convoluted midlife crisis. What's he doing at the Harley store again? You should be fine in Jesus' name. Amen. You shouldn't need an item. Amen. You shouldn't need a boat. I've told you this a dozen times, but I, I walk through my neighborhood every day, twice a day, so I see what everybody buys. I can trace it. I'm like, okay, right now they, okay, they just, you know, they just got married or whatever it is. All right, so they're good with each other right now. So I walk by a year later. Oh, there it is. The dual motorcycles. <laughs> Uh, there it is. There's the RV. And now they're selling their house and moving to Tennessee, whatever it is. <laughs> as they're trying to fill a God-shaped void. You move around all you want. You need to ask yourself things about it. Is it God telling you to move about? Is it actually God telling you to do it? Or is it the same pattern you've always been a part of? You're always moving to greener pastures. You don't like to sink your roots in deep. I'll finish right here. Numbers, uh, worship team, you guys can make your way. Finish right here. All by words. We're gonna finish at Numbers, chapter 13. You don't have to worry. It's only three verses. Well, I'm gonna use four verses total. But three verses, and then we're going home. Well, sort of going home, because then I gotta pray. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, now let me just lay out. Everybody knows this story, but let me just in case. Moses sent out spies into the promised land, to the Canaan land. Sent out spies. Tell us what's out there. We know that it flows with milk and honey. We just tell us what's out there. So that's, now here come the reports from the spies that he sent out into the land. Do words have power? Do they have creative ability? Well, let's look. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Now the people were already talking and already murmuring because in verse 28, the spies had already said, we saw the descendants of Anak there. I'm gonna come back to 28 in a second. We saw the descendants of Anak. There's giants there. 
So they're already laying the groundwork for failure through their words. Were the giants there? Were the, were the giants with the children of Israel at that time? No. They were still in the land of Canaan. Nobody had even seen them yet. So it was mere words destroying people's lives and the promises of God. Words only. Giants weren't there. There's no Goliath standing there. Just words. And all the people are murmuring to the place where Caleb has to come out. And Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. All words. Verse 31. But the man who had gone up with him said, we are not able. Now, had they done anything else? Had they, had they hooked up chariots and horses, swords, marched an army up to the Amalekites and all the other people, that, all the other uh, ites that were in the land? Did they do it yet? This is mere words. And he said, were they defeated? No, it's mere words creating defeat. We can't do it. I'll never be wealthy. I'll never be healthy. I'll never be victorious. I'll never have a sound mind. That's exactly what you're going to get. By words only, by your words you will be justified. By your words you will be condemned. The tongue has the power of life and death. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. You telling me to be the word police? Yes, for you. And I catch people at the door. Don't say that. I'll say it to them. Don't say that. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against these people, for they are stronger than we. They're worshipers of the devil. Followers of idols, which are all devils. And you have Yahweh, and you are not able to overcome? A lot of you have seen miracles in your life, and instead of living a miraculous lifestyle, you built an altar to it, and you burn incense to it, and you left it 30 years behind you. So now you talk like this, because that's how they're talking. They saw the sea split, walked on dry land, watched that sea envelop the armies of Pharaoh, saw food fall from the sky. Didn't want that food anymore, so he sent quail from the sky. And God can't do it? You're like, well, I've tried, and I've tried, and I've tried to be healed. That's because you vacillate. If you speak vacillation, that's what you get. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report, verse 32, of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. Well, that's what you're going to get then. You will be devoured. And by the way, they were. They, they didn't get to go. And they died in the very desert that it took, what is it, Hope, 11 days, 10 days? 10 days they spent 40 years in. And all the people, by the way, which symbolically speaking, which was, the, which was actually the message that I was doing right before COVID hit, they didn't get their promises. It's like most Christians live in the desert. They're going to heaven, they just live in the desert. Is that what you wanna do for your three score and four years? Or would you rather live 120 years in the promises of God? Devours its inhabitants. All the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants. 
And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in, our, and so we were in their sight. He just spoke it. By the way, none of them ever saw them. The descendants of Anak never laid eyes on the spies. They, they listen, whatever you bind is bound. Whatever you loose is loose. They just loosed the fact, making it a fact, that they will be grasshoppers in the sight of their enemies. They just loosed it. And they brought it. You notice how they brought up the giants again? They'd already brought it up in verse 28, and they bring it up again in verse 33 because they're gaslighting, pushing an agenda with words. Everything is words. The media is words. It kills people. People are dead because of it. I think women should have the right to choose. That's just words. But it kills 41 million babies a year at minimum. That's just words. Words did it. Words did it. How many of you are ready to reverse your life? Start speaking it. Amen? Holy moly. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Praise you, Lord. That's how we do things here. The Foundation Church. We startle you. Startle you into spirituality. It's a spiritual concept. Found in the book of Aaron. I want to ask you quickly this morning, where do you stand with God? And how do you know? Don't shut off because you're right with God. You should be praying right now. You shouldn't be shut off. You should be praying for people who need to get their lives right with God today. How do you know where you stand? It just comes down to a three-letter word called sin. Is it gone or is it not? If you're a Christian, you've fallen back into a lifestyle of sin. We call that backslidden. In the Bible, it's called apostasy. You've fallen into a lifestyle of sin, that's a hell-bound condition you need to repent this morning. Or you will die and go straight to hell if you die in that condition. It's backed up in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 26 and 27. Colossians chapter 1, verses 21 through 23. John chapter 15, verse 6. And I could go on and on and on and on. You need to get your life right. Maybe you've never been saved. Maybe people around you think you are saved, but you know you're not. Is that you? It's time to get your life right with God. So whether you're backslidden, fake Christian, or just never been saved, like Tom, those are harsh words. They're just true words. They're not harsh. They're true. For a lot of people, what's true is harsh. It means you live in delusion. Don't let it be you for another second. It's time to get your life right with God. Just as man is destined to die once, and after that to face judgment, Hebrews 9.27, it's coming for you. It's coming for me. But I don't want you to be in the, in the judgment of God. I want you to be under the mercy of God. It's very simple. Allow Jesus to bear the brunt of your sin. That's it. Let him be your Lord and let him be your Savior. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you want to be saved today, what we call born again, you want to get your life right with God, which means simply forgiven. If that's what you want this morning, you're ready to come home. You're ready to join the family of God. Not join this church, join the family of God. If that's you, 
With every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm not gonna ask you, you will never have to get up from your seat. I'm not gonna make you get up from your seat for this entire time. So you can simply relax. You simply relax right where you're at. If that's you and you wanna get your life right with God this morning, right where you are, stretch your hand high into the air so I can see it. It's just between me, you, and God. I got you all around this room, lots of hands. I got you. God bless each and every one of you. Lots and lots of hands. Praise you, Lord. You can put them down. Thank you. Bless you. Now, like I told you, you're not going to have to get up at all. The entire church is going to pray this with you out loud. Out loud and fervently. It's the only one that will know that you're praying right now for salvation or recommitting your life to Christ is you and God. That's it. So we're all gonna pray this prayer out loud. Those of you that raise your hands, you pray it directly to the Almighty God. In all of your sins, they are gone. Separated from you as far as the east is from the west and you are in right standing with God. Simply pray this prayer and that will be your state of affairs. Everybody pray this out loud. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' mighty name. Church shouts, that's it, amen. I'm telling you, I can bellyache all I want, complain all I want, but I can tell you there was a lot of hands that went up. Lots and lots, lot, and hands of people that I do not know. Hands of people that I do not recognize even. So those of you that just got saved, sink your roots in deep right here. This is both the greatest church and the hardest church you'll ever go to simultaneously. That's what it is. I promise you, that's what it is.